Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. This didn't seem to be the fox that I had seen. This was not mangy. This was a deeper color. Maybe um, the sunlight's working. Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, and this was a deeper color. And I went over to the trap and the fox stuck its head up and looked at me like to say, could you get me out of here? And I went, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, Sal. I'm sorry, Sal. You know, it's just business. You know, Mike, could you do a favor? The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. It's just guaranteed if you make Godfather references that 80% of your audience understands. Yes. You go, you know, Tessio. Everybody understands. And I should I should note that you actually did correct yourself later on in that audio. You I said, it's not Mike, not Mike. It's, it's Tom. It's Tom. Yes. It's Tom Hagen. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you let that out to fall. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, Michael's here. Nigel is here. We're sitting around Uncle Benny's table for the first time in a few days. I went to Delaware. I don't really have any great stories about Delaware, you know, maybe later. I don't know. I don't think there are any great stories. I didn't do anything. Did you go to the smokehouse? I did not. What is? What do you mean the smokehouse? The ribs the, and chicken. The, oh, the rustic. Yeah, yeah, no, I bought a chicken. I bought a chicken on Friday and ate the chicken Friday and Saturday and have some chicken left over even now for sandwiches. I sliced the chicken. So if I would go and buy bread, you know, I would get that. Or I, I could put it on the Bethesda bagels. Well, you have a great slaw as a condiment. I do. Well, that will, that's Roberto Dona, you know, and that's very good. So I'm just not a slaw person. You seem to be. Well, I was surprised that you liked this law, considering it has raisins, and I thought raisins was on your list. Yeah, but it sort of fits in with it. it. It tastes interesting. It's not something I want to sit down with for an hour, but it tastes sort of interesting. But you make slaws all the time. Right, you were and, explaining to me that well, I was sort of they're a feature in, in Asian foods. Well, a lot, of, a lot of cuisine, but I was imagining that you had a fatty piece of meat and you're trying to balance out some of that fat with maybe like a vinegar-based oh, slaw. Oh, you, you guessed some correctly because we had Asian-style pork chops. You know, yeah. you did. You had that. that well, I, I looked through the menu. Uh, <laughs> let me just start with this. Wilbon is going to be on in a little while. And I bring Wilbon up because Wilbon had the great treat to go to the Fury Wilder fight in Las Vegas with his brother and his son and his nephew. The four of them, the four Wilbon boys went out there. It's great. Starting with that on Friday, that was Friday, Saturday that night? That was Saturday night. Saturday yes. night. There was 48 hours of all you could ask for in sports over the weekend. You had a heavyweight championship fight that was, by all accounts, a great fight. You had baseball playoffs. You had college football and you had pro football. I'm sure there are people out there who would say, oh, we also had this and we all, I don't care what, what the also's are. <laughs> they don't matter to me at all. Those four things give you everything you could want. The opening batch of games yesterday, I mean, forget for a second that football, Alabama lost. <laughs> yes. Like for the first time ever, Nick Saban lost to somebody who was a former assistant. It was something like 24-0 and 0 yes. to that point. And he lost to Jimbo Fisher, who, by the way, has a national championship at Florida State. He's got one of those. So it's not like he's some guy. This is Jimbo Fisher. Although Texas A&M was not having a good year, and he beat Alabama. And Penn State would, well, somebody was going to lose Penn State or Iowa. I think the better team won, and the home team won. Iowa won that game. He had a lot of exciting college football games. As you just went through the dial, even something like Syracuse and Wake Forest was like 100 to 98 or something like that, and it was going on and on and on and on. So you had that. Then you have this fight. And then the early slate of games yesterday, 
almost every one of those games featured tremendous comebacks. Tremendous comebacks. The Patriots came back on Houston and ultimately won that game. You'd say, well, who cares, the Patriots in Houston? But if you were watching it, it was exciting. Washington did come back on New Orleans. They did not win that game, but they came back on New Orleans. The Eagles came back on Carolina. Sam Darnold had three interceptions. He fell back to earth a little bit. The Eagles came back, and they won that game. Cincinnati came back on Green Bay. Cincinnati and Green Bay, they, <laughs> they missed they had five <laughs> field goals <laughs> in like a minute. Yeah, it was crazy. Five field goals, any one of which could have won that game. And ultimately, Mason Crosby, who missed three field goals, and he's a great kicker. Mason Crosby ultimately won that game. But that game went back and forth. Detroit oh. came back. Oh. I, I now I feel oh. so badly for Detroit at yeah, this point. You have to. Detroit came back. They score a touchdown, which puts them within one, and they go for two, and they make it. <laughs> They're going to win. There's less than a minute left. left. They're going to win that game, and Minnesota goes right down the field. Kirk Cousins, for about the fourth week now, does what you pay him to do. Puts his team in position to win, and their kicker makes 54 yards. And Detroit goes to Owen for Detroit is living in such bad luck. Even Chessie is barking here because <laughs> she feels bad for crazy Dan Campbell. Well, did you see what, what led to that last Detroit touchdown? No. Minnesota had – did you watch this, Michael? No, Minnesota had the bowl, and, and they're like, oh, all they've got to do is run it out. So they hand it off to – Oh, they fumbled. Yeah. And oh, they fumbled. They got stripped. Yeah, it looks stripped. like the forward momentum's been stopped, and then the, no, the ball comes loose, and they just run right down, and they get a touchdown. You're like, well, they're going to win. And they should have won. That's just heartbreaking for them. In a game that nobody paid attention to because there was no reason to, 44-year-old Tom Brady threw five <laughs> touchdown passes. <laughs> five touchdown passes. He's 44 years old. So this was – this was all over. Then you had, and I watched, I went to MLB Network, and I watched the Red Sox. At one point, I wrote to Chuck Todd, I'm on the Red Sox Tampa now till the end. And I would have been, except I fell asleep. I went through 11 innings. <laughs> I didn't get all the way into that game. And you wrote me a note because uh, the, there's, a, there's a pivotal call. It is an inescapable and correct call. There's nothing you can do about this. It is the rule. It's a paradox. The rule is if it if for any reason the ball goes over the stands and it was it was hit off the outfielder. Yes. It bounced off the wall, off the outfielder, into the stands. You get two bases from where you started. You get a ground rule double and. And yes, the runner on first is going to score. And Tampa is going to go ahead. They're not going to win, necessarily. The Red Sox are going to come up in the bottom of the inning. But Tampa is going to go ahead in that game. And it's rule to ground, rule double, and they send the runner back to third. I, I, don't, know what you, I don't know how you argue that or debate that. That is absolutely written down, right? Yeah, I think, I think the only question people would have there is because of the addition of two outs and where the runner is as he's approaching third base. The you runner start to, is ready to score. Yeah, you start to say there's a difference between one out and two outs in terms of how the runner is allowed to start. But it's, it's this unbelievable bounce, and you don't know how it goes from the wall to the ground. To Renfro to then spin back out, yeah. and then you look back at it and it's sort of played back at real time. It looks like it just bounces straight off the top of the wall. So I was saying to Nigel beforehand, it almost looks like you have to go back and go, was that a home run? Was that up the wall? And you go, how is it possible that right field's giving you the weird call and not the, not, know, the, not the monster? Not the monster. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it was. It yeah. was yeah. Bizarre. And you see Renfro 
trying, trying to, to get grab it desperately. It, which if he had, that would have cost him. Yeah. Well, and you also have people who who purposely, you know, you'll you'll misplay a read on a ball to try and hold a runner or to dupe somebody up. And and this looked like maybe you're trying to put your hands up to to try and get like it was in play, and maybe he sort of ki- kicked it. It was just it was unbelievable to watch in real time. But you come back to how you're watching basically two or three games. I wrote to you saying it felt like the Red Sox should have been up, you know, six two yeah. through the first six or seven innings. Then you get this heartbreak home run and all of a sudden it's down to one and you get through the seventh and you're in the eighth and all of a sudden uh you know a rosarena stops the he's game really good and you start to say is he, he hurt is. he's walking off the field he's he's waving to his teammates as if like i gotta i gotta go check this out to get a sip of water <laughs> to then go back to second base you know, yeah. a sip of water yeah it's like uh sitsipas <laughs> he's just stopping the game by the way, in all of the things that I just said, I left out the single greatest football game yesterday, which was Cleveland Chargers. Oh, my gosh. The Chargers. <laughs> I wrote this down. It's amazing. The Chargers from their own 24. They're down 27-13. There's 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. Not the fourth quarter. There's 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. They're fourth and two on their own 24. They go for it. Justin Herbert is going to be a great quarterback. Yes. Justin Herbert, they the Chargers kept coming back and kept coming back, and they won that game. They beat Cleveland. Chuck Todd took huge gas yesterday, won five and one, just had a very, very bad day. Jeff Ma was four and one, though, but Jeff Ma's picking his own games. And and then and the, the Giants-Dallas game, I was watching. It was on the red zone when Daniel Jones had the naked bootleg to the left and got hammered at about the one, and when he got up, they, they stopped the fight. He's staggering and stumbling around. They, you stopped the fight on that. And they took him out of the game, obviously. I, there was just, there was so much to watch. I did not get to the Sunday night game. I did not get to Kansas City and Buffalo. Buffalo won that game handily, right? Yes, they did. And and that was, you know, a much anticipated. Chessy is, somebody just walked by that. Yeah, house. she's doing a job, you yeah, know, that is securing the borders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was not as good a game as, a as you hoped. Bark. It is. No, it's an angry bark. That's a protective bark. Yeah. Um, it's like, but, who's that guy? I but, saw that guy. But Buffalo's really good. Yeah, and this is not a surprise. This is what they've been doing. Yeah, Kansas City this year appears to be an overrated team. A little bit. You know. Well, they, let's just wait to see what they do next week with WFT. Oh, is that where a is team that? that's a team that's going for it on fourth and long every time now? <laughs> fourth and fourteen, sure. <laughs> They've also got their own troubles. They've got uh, their training staff. The DEA. Oh, yes, shut that's them right. Down. Yeah. The DEA. Mm. This is, again, this is, not, this is not Fairfax County. This is the DEA. And they shut down the trainers. And that's, at some point, nothing has stuck to Ron Rivera yet. Everyone likes Ron Rivera. He brought this trainer in. He specifically brought this trainer in. At some point, that sticks to him. Yeah, that that's a franchise. You, Detroit's living in bad luck. <laughs> so is Washington. Yeah. But Washington's created some of its own bad luck, and so has Detroit over some period of time. So it was there was everything that you could ask for as a viewer uh, of of sports. Um, so Wilbon Wilbon went to that, and then went to since he's in Vegas. He went to the Chicago-Vegas game. And then you have the John Gruden mess. Oh, yeah. You have the John Gruden mess, and Las Vegas loses that game. I don't know if that's part of it. 
I don't know if Jacksonville, the Urban Meyer mess, leads them to lose their game. I don't know that. You know, nobody really knows that. But this stuff is, it's just in the swirl right now. There's, now you, there's almost nothing you can't spend individually 10 minutes on in a conversation that happened over the last 48 hours. It's, if you don't like sports, it's bad for you the last 48 <laughs> hours. You don't feel like you belong right. if you don't like sports. And like I said, there were other things being played. Other little niche things. Golf was being played. Soccer was being played. Phil you know, won, didn't he? Phil, Phil won a... Phil, Phil is a joke on the senior tour. Phil is so much better than everyone on the senior he tour. He hasn't been sick in years since he's been drinking all that coffee. Right, he just, he just drops <laughs> it. None of the jitters. Right, he drops it and wins, all, right, all yeah. the time. He just said, yeah, uh, it's Thursday. Should I play? Sure. I'll get on the plane. I'll play and I'll win. But it's no money compared to what he's used to. Sure. It's no money at all. So, Can I mention one other thing from the the Red Sox-Tampa game? Sure. Mike and I were discussing. You watched the game, so I think you saw this. Carl Schwarber. With oh. the fielding stuff, Gold Glove first He's base. He's so happy at first base. He, it he was, points to himself. He he made an assist from first to the pitcher <laughs> after he blew it, and he's sort of like, "Yeah, that's on me." He means it means treasures an underhand toss, throws it over the pitcher's head. You're like, "Well, he's not really a first but base." But he got base. one. Then the next one, he gets, and he puts his hands up. Oh, no, he so loves. It. He asks the crowd to give him a standing ovation. I think he did another one later in the game, and it's like it's in slow motion. <laughs> it, they almost beat it out. Really. He'll, He'll get a contract next he, year. Absolutely. Oh, I hope it's Kyle Schwarber. Will he's get a, a contract. He's Bottom a, of the ninth, hard single. Oh, yeah. He's right. a professional hitter. Love uh, that guy. Absolutely. And seems like a very pleasant, likable fellow. Everybody in the club, I see him. Seems that way. Yeah. I mean, seems I know you way. guys loved him. He's only with you all for, for a short period, but everyone in the Nats seems He hit 75 home runs in, <laughs> in nine the month days. of June. <laughs> right. Yeah. Never saw and, nobody ever saw anything like it. Yeah. Just killed it. Over under for combined pitches for tonight. 12? Oh. This is This is one of those. Yeah, deals where they went through everybody. Yeah, it's it's like you have to win tonight. Yes, so you have to throw everybody you got, and if you get to play tomorrow, you got to do it again. Yeah, you figure it out. All right, we will take a break. When we return, Michael Wilbon will join us. I think he is still in Las Vegas, trying to get out of Las Vegas. Yes, I believe he is leaving Las Vegas, as the movie said. (laughs) Him and Nick Cage. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the FrameBridge ad. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. Add a gallery wall to your home office or send the perfect gift. From art prints and diplomas to the photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge just about anything. October is gallery wall month at FrameBridge, featuring the launch of six new gallery wall layouts. I'm interested. You have a gallery wall. Yeah, beautiful. It's all important places uh, for the early years of my relationship with Liz. And we had a mover come to give us a quote. First thing you notice is living room. That's a great gallery wall. There you go. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. Preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item, deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. And instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, listeners to this high-quality podcast will get 15% off their first order at FrameBridge.com when they use the code TONYK. Order online at FrameBridge.com or stop by a FrameBridge store to work with a designer in person if you're in New York, D.C., Atlanta, Philly, or Boston, and Chicago is coming soon. I have their work. 
I like their work. Michael has their work. You like their work. I'll right? have your work soon. Yeah, that's good. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com. Use the promo code Tony K to save an additional 15% off your first order. Framebridge.com. Promo code Tony K. And one last time, framebridge.com. Promo code Tony K. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Jesse Hightower of Beltsville, Maryland, sends these songs in. Says, I'd like to submit some recordings by the D.C. area band I'm in, Interstate Rivals. We've shared full band versions of these songs in the past and have had them played on the show just before our most recent recording session. Our drummer, Kevin, was placed on a DL due to an upper body injury. So guitarist Adam and I had to get a little creative in the studio, and this is the result. A bunch of 30-somethings in a punk band, we are slowly sliding into the adult contemporary section without even knowing it. <laughs> <clears throat> this is called... Eight bus, eight bus, yeah. I think I think probably like sort of like the number eight bus, something like that. Okay, interstate rivals. Kids are going to play again later in the show, and they play in Michael Wilbon. And Wilbon had, and I know this through texting him, had the great pleasure of doing that thing that makes fathers and children feel so great. Going not just to any old sporting event, though any old sporting event is great. But Wilbon and his brother Don and Don's son Jordan and Wilbon's son Matt. Went to the fight. How was the fight? How great was that fight? Well, so now Matthew, Matthew and I went to the fight, Tom. Don and Jordan did not. Um, oh, okay. Don and Jordan didn't go to the fight, but they, they went to the Bears. I know we'll get to that. That was yes. the original thing. This is when Jordan, Matthew gets to pick his own games now, two of his own games, one home, one road. And he said when the schedule came out, Dad, let's go to Seattle. I said, no, that's the day after Christmas. We can't do that. You got to come up with a plan B. He said, I already have a plan B. Las Vegas. I'm like, oh my God, 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he said, come on, Dad. And then, so we, in the weeks leading up to this, Tony, one of the days I got this question Dad, oh, so Vegas is only two weeks away. Am I going to get the full Vegas treatment? <laughs> like a, what, like a strip what, club? What? Yeah. You know, yeah. What, what do you think that is? Yeah. So we, we got tickets to the fight. Um, and, Tony, it is I'm, – I'm sure you've seen highlights by now. It is, I have. I have. One of the reasons I'm forced is that it's one of the great, I don't know, five greatest heavyweight fights I've ever seen. It, I think I said to you in a text, it was part Ali Frazier and part Hagler Hearns. Yes, it's, yes. It's guys who weigh respectively 238, 238 and, and uh, 277 who are knocking each other to the mat. The, 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 the power punches. And we're sitting in the fifth row. Now, we're sitting in this, pretty much the seats that you and I sat in. We were covering fights for the Washington Post all those years. Fifth row. You can hear it. You can hear the air being knocked out of each guy yeah. by each guy. Yeah. yeah. And you, 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 it's, un, it's unthinkable that guys could hit this hard each other for 11-plus rounds. It's unthinkable. And, and, you know, you're, you're sitting there. And I said to Matthew, look, this could go two rounds, though I don't think it'll be only two rounds. I think they'll go for a while. But it could be a long fight. And he says, well, Dad, I hope it's a long fight. And I said, well, you know, we'll see. And Tony, you know, they're knocked down like the fourth, the fifth. And, and, and each guy is going alternately. And there's one round, I think it was the tenth, in which there are times in which I mean, Tyson Fury is just so large. 
I mean, it's like Shaq being a boxer. He's just so large at 6'9", 277 pounds. And Wilder looks like Wilder's face is just feet from us. And he's clearly holding on for dear life. But he lands a couple shots. All of a sudden, he goes from hanging on for dear life to, like, standing over Tyson Fury like Ali overlisted. And he's knocked him down not once but twice. He's knocked him down once, and he has him in trouble. And the only thing that saves Tyson Fury from that, that, that loss is the bell. Because Fury's going out. He has gone down. Each fighter, Tony, was knocked down and fell on his face. And as we know from covering the boxing that we've covered over decades, that's the sign that you're dead. You're done. Each guy went down on his face from the punches, the close-end punches. The, the Fury's just so big. and yeah, Neither one of these guys is all that skilled. They're just not. They're just not. And you and I would sit there, as I did, and just say, you know what, Ali would kill these guys. But the thing is, Tony, Ali weighed, you know, when he was great, he weighed 210. Tyson Fury, is, it's like trying to guard Shaq in the post for an hour. And it's, it's, it was stunning. It was breathtaking. Anything, any superlative you've heard about this fight is true. So I watched and, uh, the highlights. And, and the first question, it's not even a question. It, 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 it's, you look at it and you think to yourself, how tough are these yes. guys yes. Yes. they are yes. taking unbelievable amounts of punishment and dishing it right back out the last yeah. shot that i saw the distortion of wilder's face around the yeah. eyes you just yeah. said to yourself please god don't ever fight again have enough yeah. money yeah. don't yeah. ever fight again because yeah. you, you you can't you just can't and and, no. and the other thing, like Wilder is is sculpted. Tyson Fury oh, yeah. jiggles. He's like when Larry Holmes fought, and you went, wow. You know, Larry Holmes compared to Ali was wow. And Tyson Fury jiggles, but boy, oh boy, there can't be a tougher guy ever. Can't I mean, be a tougher the, the guy. The toughness, well, here's the thing, Tony. Wilder had to take Tyson Fury's weight and punches, which may make him tougher. I don't to go to go that length of time with Tyson Fury, it's unthinkable. Again, it's yeah. like wrestling yeah. with Shaq, who also gets to punch you in the face. And it's, just... it's, it's really, 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 you know, look, I sat at ringside for a lot of stuff in my life. And I found myself just amazed in awe of them and the punishment they were, like you said, dishing out no. and taking. Oh, and Tony, and Tony everybody, everybody there was that. This was not... A fight crowd that came because somebody's in, you know, Money Weather May Camp, you know, Team Money Weather Camp, or, uh, you know, the Tyson Camp. This wasn't about that. People came because they'd seen the previous fights, and they, they, they came. I mean, they, they came. There was no empty seat, none, not an empty space in there. And T-Mobile, this wasn't like a Caesars uh, garage thing outdoors where they had 12,000. This is whatever T-Mobile is. This is where the hockey team plays, 20,000. And you're looking at this, and people are just, they are thrilled to be there and to watch this. It, it just, you know, I, I can't see them doing it again, although the money will either. be great to do it again. But they're just, they're beaten up. They're just, my God. Uh, you yeah. know, it, it, everybody, it doesn't matter who you rooted for. And I saw, like, sort of the man on the street interviews. People yeah. were just awed. They said, you know, God bless them both. 
yeah. you know, a little bit more yeah. for Fury because he won the fight, but God bless them both. This, this is not one of those things where people say, are you kidding me with this? No, no. This, this was no, this not that. Not, this is not the Paul brothers. Okay, this, this is got, Tony, I, I've seen heavyweight fights, one, one, in person with my own eyes, that I would say, okay, you have skill and power, and you have it in historic measures, and that's Holyfield Bowl. Holyfield Bowl, there was a round in which they each, like, had each other dead. And I sat ringside for that, and I thought, okay, this is the greatest fight and the greatest round I've ever seen. Tenth round of Bo Holyfield one, I think it was. But, Tony, they didn't weigh 238 and 277. They weren't 6'7 and 6'9. Bo was probably 6'4, 6'5, and Holyfield 6'3. These guys are giants. They are giants. they're just pummeling each other. This is the again, same weight division that Floyd yeah. Patterson fought in. Yes, at one. Floyd Patterson was 5'11", 185. <laughs> like, one punch. Now, like, I don't know if they are skilled enough to even land one punch, but if they landed one punch to Floyd Patterson, he's out of yeah. the ring. He's anyone out of the ring. Ni- anyone from 1905 to, like, five years ago is deceased. Uh, it's just... Yeah, it's just unbelievable. I'm, I, I, I can't, I, I cannot stress enough. Tony, this wasn't just one of the five greatest heavyweight fights I've seen. It may be the second for me. I mean, my own eyes. It, it was one. It's one of the great events I've ever attended in 42 years of going to sporting events. Well, let's let's go. Not you. Not only had that, but then the next day you went to the Vegas game. Yesterday you saw the Bears win. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields, his passing numbers are not anything special, but he wins the games. You saw them beat Las Vegas. And and what I was curious about was, first of all, how's the stadium? How's that new stadium? It is? Yeah, Yeah, I don't think it's forever. I I think it would get topped by SoFi in terms of the the, the curb appeal. But any, any other place that hadn't had a stadium built in the last five years would be happy to have this. Well, this is your existential dilemma is the more games that Fields wins, the more chances that Matt Nagy keeps his job. Yeah. Well, so how do, how do you <laughs> – what is your approach to this? Well, how I mean, he, Matt, Nagy did, Matt Nagy did everything he could yesterday to blow the game, <laughs> not throw it. I mean, he, 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 he was just dreadful in any way that mattered. John Gruden was just as dreadful, and the Raiders are terrible. They dropped like four passes. That game could yeah. have easily gone the other way, even though it looked like a dominant Bears win. And in some ways it was. Defense was good, but they, they, they were like three or four. They, no, there were five or six drop passes where you go, I'm sorry, are the Raiders betting on this too? Are they going over to the strip? Did they do that before they got to the game? So Gruden was terrible. His players were awful. And um, the Bears did some nice things, and, and Nagy was awful. And I'm sitting, the, the, the amazing thing about yesterday for me, for any of us, including Raider fans, we knew when I when I knew I could not get a flight to Chicago this morning. I'm going to Scottsdale, so I can do PTI from there. Because there are no seats to Chicago today or tonight, because it's like forty thousand Chicago yeah, Bears fans on Vegas Bears fans. Yeah, yeah. And it, this sure. happens in the desert, usually Arizona, because that's where we also live, like I do. But there were there were thirty thousand people in Bears jerseys in the stadium, roaring. And I say 30,000, Matthew and Don say, no, no, no. It was 40,000. It was half. And I don't know if it was half. It was crazy. 
And every and when I'm sitting in a section of let's say let's say it's three or four hundred people, two hundred and fifty of them were Bears fans, and two hundred and thirty-five of them I, wanted Nagy fired at halftime. Did we lose him? Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? All right. So yeah, no, I, I just missed a little bit of that. So I, I said this at the beginning of the show. There was a forty-eight hour period Saturday and Sunday. That is the greatest sports period. It, 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 nothing could be better. Could be as good. Couldn't be better. You had the fight. You had college football. You had the baseball playoffs. You had the NFL. And some, it, it, right? Was it one of the great yeah. 48 hours ever of all yeah. time? Yeah. Of all time. And, and, and people were texting me saying that. Now, you know, when you attend events, you, you consume fewer. You consume, that's right. consume less of it. That's so right. I saw Alabama. And, and you know, I'm, I'm with Jordan and Matthew. They're, they're 13 and 20. Matt, Jordan's, Jordan's 21st birthday is today, so happy birthday to my nephew and godson. And he spent it in Vegas. My God, I don't even know if he's alive right now. Yeah, but, <laughs> that hangover. But so they, have, yeah. they, have, they have tablets. They always have tablets. And you're trying to get ready to watch a fight, and they're saying, Dad, uh, A&M is at the seven-yard line. <laughs> like, what, are you watch? what are you doing? And so they have tablets, so I could consume more. But it was, no, it was... You know, and, and the White Sox look like they look like usually they're physically afraid of the Houston Astros. Physically afraid, they, they, they just can't play them. Oh no, Houston's here. Let's just curl up in a fetal position. And they were like that last night, going out three nothing when they summoned some some cojones and and, and beat back Houston badly, decisively. Twelve six, I think the final was. I've got to ask you about this because I, I I texted you about how great that early slate of NFL games was. Detroit. He went for two. He got the two and lost. It's up. It's 35 seconds to go, and they can't close. You have to feel some amount of sympathy for crazy Dan Campbell, right? Tony, I tell you this all the time. You you frequently, I think you did this two weeks ago, you said to me, you grew up with these people in this division. And look, when you grew up in Chicago, part of you, Part of you grows up in Detroit. Everybody in Chicago is related to somebody in Detroit, all right? Oh, Especially God. my people. Because somebody coming up from Mississippi got off the train in Chicago, and somebody got off in Detroit. And so Detroit is part of your life as a Chicago kid. And yes, I feel sorry for them. Look, how, about the, how about the coach crying? Tony, I have felt sorry for them for decades. It just... That doesn't mean... That, when I, that I'm not going to call my Detroit friends and make fun of them because I am. <laughs> and relative, there was so Detroit much family. that happened. There was so much happened. The the you didn't get. I'm you couldn't have gotten a chance to see this. The Cleveland Chargers game was tremendous. Yeah. Well, that's it was one of the tremendous. You got to see on the tablet. I'm sitting next to Matthew and he just whips out a tablet that it's I just, paid for. I'm sure. The guy and was we just going watching that. The guy went, Brandon Staley, I have no idea who he is. He went on fourth down from his own 24 with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter and made it. Coaching's insane. Coaching's insane. A lot of it's bold and aggressive, and and guys know a lot, and they have their arms with all these numbers. I think think coaching, by the way, much of it is just stupid now. I don't even, I can't even, like, who does some of the stuff that guys are doing now? Just amazing. And they seem to me. insulated. They seem insulated from any criticism that matters. And by the way, I, I mean, I I drifted over. I said this before. I drifted over to Boston against Tampa, and I didn't bother to watch the late football game because I was oh th- that that game was tremendous. Boston yeah, and Tampa. I, yeah, I know, but it's baseball, and there's more to go. I, you know, and I watched. I watched a little. I didn't see any of that. 
I saw, um, I was at a restaurant for Georgia's 21st birthday party when we decided we had to turn on. It's a bunch of Southside guys who are Cub fans. And we all had to watch the Cubs. I mean, watch the White Sox. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're Southside. I understand. Yeah, so we I understand. We a lot of that. But, we, but, you know, Boston, I can't buy, I could care less. I don't have a dog in that. Um, oh, it was great. It was just so, it's I, I, just. I guess it was. But how about the Cincinnati Green Bay game? How about that game? Five field goals missed in about a minute and a half. Uh, one, of the great kickers, one of the great clutch kickers of all time. So yeah, yes. there was there was stuff all weekend. I've, I, I consumed less college football than usual. But to go to listen to go to that fight, Tony was worth it. I mean, I would spend if somebody said, you know what, to go to this fight, knowing what you know, you'd have to spend uh, a weekend in jail. I would say, okay, lock me up, Barney Fife style, Andy Griffith, <laughs> Barney Fife style. Yeah, Put not, me away with Otis. Bad that guy named Otis. <laughs> Yeah, Otis and Floyd. Otis and Floyd. Otis, the town drunk. All right, I'll talk yeah. to you later. Travel right, safe. Michael you. Wilbon, boys and girls. We will take a break. Um, when we come back, Richard Justice will join us, and he'll talk about baseball. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a policy genius ad. I admire these people because every month they write a new ad. I mean, I think that's what you ought to be doing. Compared to pumpkin patch photo shoots and costume planning, shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius can be one of the easiest tasks on your October to-do list. Filling time between trick-or-treaters, try shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius. Get free quotes while giving out free candy. As I said before, excuse me for a second, I'll get back to you with the candy, but I'm trying to get better home and auto insurance. <laughs> we can't tell you what to dress up as for Halloween, but we can tell you that you could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes for, from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. And why should you compare? Because you could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. They're rated number one by Forbes Advisor. Higher than options from Ladder, Ethos, and Bestow. Don't know them. Getting started is easy. First head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need, and you can compare personalized quotes to find your best price. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle the paperwork and scheduling for free. Policy Genius does not end on extra fees. At some point, people who write the copy need to know that I don't know what's on the Internet. So when you list things that are on the Internet and expect me to go, wow, look at that, I don't even know what they are. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, Interstate Rivals. Jesse Hightower sends us these songs from Beltsville, Maryland. This is called Nothing at All. This plays in Richard Justice. Michael, if people like Interstate Rivals want to send us their music, for which we are always grateful, which you can listen to without us babbling at the end of the show, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. And they play in Richard Justice, and Richard is... You've covered a million things, but you covered baseball more than you covered basketball and more than you covered football. And so I'm going to ask you this with the expertise of, of baseball over a long period of time. How do you feel about when you get to the playoffs, 
not just the number one and two team having to face each other in all of baseball, number one and number two team in a five-game series, not a seven-game series, not the big series, but the first series. And more than that, I think, how do you feel about having to play a division rival? Because if, if Boston... If Boston goes through the Yankees and Tampa from the hardest division in baseball, I, I'm not sure. It's a great triumph for Boston, but I'm not sure it's fair. Me personally, I would reseed. I would keep the wild card, but then I would start reseeding. I don't think I'd let the division rivals play in the, in the first series. How do you feel about that? Well, the design of the wild card was to reward teams that deserve to be in the playoffs. I remember one year the Giants were in Pittsburgh, and that question was asked of Hunter Pence, the Giants outfielder, and he said, look, we, we're here because we weren't good enough to win our division, but what this gives us is a chance to continue playing. There have been instances, Orioles, Reds, I can't remember the years, where teams won 100 games and didn't go to the playoffs. So yes. that yes. Yeah, I, I understand it. But you asked me how I felt. When I turned on that game and saw the Giants and Dodgers, 106 and 105 wins respectively playing each other, all it hit me was, whoa, this is the big boy series. That's how it hit me, that it's going to be great because the rivalry is crazy. The fans are crazy in their hatred for each other. I just thought this is going to be great theater. So you're okay with it? You're okay with a five-game? and Yeah. Yeah, I just think you're going to have this in certain years. I mean, look, what's remarkable about these playoffs is that the Red Sox and Giants are in them in that this was supposed to be rebuilding years, and the Giants have been the most astonishing story in baseball this year in that every month we expected them to go away. The Dodgers are going to catch them. You said that. The The Dodgers aren't going to catch them. They're going to pass them by five games. We all expected that. What Farhan Zaidi has done in San Francisco to find, to, you know, now his superstars, their stars that won championships, Posey, Crawford, Belt until he got hurt. They had huge bounce back seasons. But look at the guys they went out and got. He pieced together a pitching staff. He got Mike Yastrzemski on waivers. The guy is a, is a really good player. It's, and I, I listen to the Giants broadcasters, the best in baseball. A lot. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Kuyper, Mike Kruko, John Miller, Dave Fleming, they're fantastic. And even in their tone of their voices, you, you expect them to go, well, it's a good Tuesday, but we're not sure it's going to be good Wednesday. But it lasted. And here they are. Max Scherzer against Alex Wood in Game 3. No, no you, you're right about all of that. I guess part of me feels, boy, I would like to be able to stay up and see those games to West Coast Teams and I know when the in once it gets to the round of seven, everything will be on you know night after night. It won't be the same night, so I would be able to get to see it, and I will not be able to see one of those two teams. Now it's just me. I'm an old man, you know, because most people can stay up and watch. But you know what I'm saying? I'm going to miss right. one of those two teams, and they're the best two teams in baseball. They are. Abs- the, absolutely, uh, they are the best two teams in baseball in every way and you know there's a dna that runs through a lot of these playoff teams andrew friedman created what the tampa bay rays are went to the dodgers his assistants went to houston went to boston went to san francisco so there's a there's an andrew friedman influence in in the whole playoffs right now so the but the point is 
They look at the world the same way. Gabe Kapler is the manager of the Giants. I'm pretty sure Andrew Friedman had his eye on Gabe Kapler as being manager of the Giants for a long, long time. And um, they, they know each other so well. And I don't know whether that's an advantage or, or what. It, <clears throat> I think what we see in most of these playoff games is the, the starting pitcher comes out and sets the tone. And then is your bullpen very good that day. Do you have a particular choice in the Giants and the Dodgers? Do you, are, is there one team that you think will emerge from that series? Well, as we talk today, the Dodgers are favored because Scherzer has had three bad starts in a row. What, he believes something clicked. He found what was wrong. He's not a guy to just blow smoke up your skirt. He, when he says something like that, he probably means it. And the lefty, Alex Wood, is starting for the Giants, and the, 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 the Dodgers have crushed him. You know, there's some of that. Al Pujols is going to start at first base today in place of uh, Cody Bellinger will not start. Pujols will start as they just stack right-handed hitters in there. So I think just because you trust Max, I trust Max, um, that that's the advantage. But what you what I think happens in the playoffs is there's not momentum, that every game is sort of its own little I agree with that. I agree. And, and sometimes, as you see it, like if you saw the five-hour, five 14-minute, marathon play out in Boston yesterday, it's almost like every inning or every set of innings is like its own separate world. The phenomenal thing about Max Scherzer with the Dodgers is, well, first of all, the Dodgers have won 16 straight home games, and they're at home tonight. And second of all, he's had 12 starts, and even when he's bad, like in the last three, they've won them all. They've won every yeah. single start. So if you are the Dodgers, you go into this game with more confidence than than any other game, right, with Scherzer, just because on muscle memory alone, they win those games. There are certain guys that when you come in, and I've had people tell me this, this was true in Houston, the guys would come in and see Justin Verlander's name on the lineup card. The card is posted right outside the clubhouse. And they would go in thinking, you know what, we're going to win today. And when you give the ball to Max Scherzer, you think, we're going, we're going to win today. And that's just that's the highest compliment you can pay a, a professional athlete. All right, let me get all, all around the dial here on this. In fact, let me get to Houston. Houston was in the they were the only team in position to win the third game and win the series in three, and that did not happen. You live there, you know what is going on there. Um, I don't know if you're that surprised that Chicago wins a game, but what is your sense of the baseball world in general with the Houston Astros at this point? Is there, if not forgiveness, is there at least a sense they're really good and they're worthy now? Well, they're worthy, but it's never going to go away. You know, there was a book written right. by Andy Martino this year that they were cheating into the 19 season. After the game last night, Ryan Tapera. Uh, former Toronto reliever, reliever for the uh, for the uh, White Sox now, said, well, you know, they've, they've done some pretty sketchy stuff over there, and I think if you saw the difference in their swings tonight versus the two games in Houston, yeah, it would make you wonder a little bit. And the point is, I don't know, I don't, do I think they're still cheating? I do not think they're still cheating. But it's never going away. Going away. Once you're staying, everything you do is staying and I think they're still looked at with a huge amount of disdain in the industry that if the sooner, and I'm sure in Rob Manfred's heart of hearts, he probably feels this way too, let's don't have to answer these questions. Let's just 
let's just get them out of here, and we won't have that uh, shadow. By the way, the, their games today, the game today will be on FS1. That's a Fox network. Yeah. Last, yeah. last night, the game was done. They had A.J. Pruszynski and Adam Wainwright, and it was a thing of beauty. Those two guys were having the time of their life. Adam Wainwright was so great. I mean, he's 40 years old. He'd probably pitch another 10 years the way he's going. But I don't know who had the idea to put a guy who pitched last Tuesday in the booth, but it was so current, and he, the way he looked at the game was so interesting. Uh, hats off to Fox for that. It's interesting because uh, the other game was on the MLB Network, and I texted my son during the game, and I said, who's doing the call of this game? They're really good. And I didn't yep. know, and it was Vaskersian and Smoltz, and they were really good. Yeah. No, they were, they were yeah, really good. I, go ahead. Oh, well, I, John Smoltz, um, there are certain people like this that every time you talk to them, you feel like you've just gone to a graduate school class in the game. And that was what it was like with Wainwright. I mean, basically, he was calling the game before, calling the pitch before the pitch was thrown. Is Dusty Baker going to manage again next year? I understand he has no contract. Dusty Baker and Tony LaRusso are in the playoffs. They're as old as My I am. Is, right. My sense is that the Houston Astros are looking for any excuse they can to fire Dusty. And when you allow a manager with his experience and his, his resume to play out his contract, you're basically telling him, we're looking for a reason to get rid of you. Now, why you would do that, I have no idea. He was the perfect guy to come in in all this chaos because, you know, Dusty brings a sense of calm and dignity. And also, Dusty might be the most respected man in the game. But for whatever reason, I think the front office would like to hire their own man. Now, can after what they've done, can you can you realistically look? Can you look yourself in the mirror and fire this guy? I don't know no. how you could do that, and I no. don't think it would be met well in the clubhouse because to go from a manager they loved AJ Hinch to a guy that they've come to love just as much that would be that would be pretty interesting. But I'll say this: the Rays bench coach, a loyal little named Mac Quattaro, would yeah. be a very interesting hire in Houston and a perfect fit. For the general manager, James Click, who came from Tampa Bay. Yeah, let me go to Tampa and Boston. Boston has the advantage. We all saw what happened with the um, ground rule, double rules. That's the rule. That's just quite simply the rule. I don't know what you're supposed to do about that. Who do you like in that series now? Because they're, they don't, nobody has any pitchers now. Everybody's going to just keep pitching an inning or two at a time. That's exactly right. And the, the Red Sox are going with Eduardo Rodriguez on short rest today. I don't know what the Rays are going to do. You know, when you when you say when you approach games, we don't really have starters or relievers. We just try to go out and get 27 outs. Where you're going to run out when you have trouble getting those 27 outs, as they did, and the game goes five hours and 14 minutes and 14 innings or whatever it was. Uh, you're going to run out of pitching. So I would assume it would be Michael Walker, somebody like that today. But it will be all hands on deck. And what Kevin Cash has to do today, it's Marathon Monday by the way. And what Kevin Cash has to do today when he gets to Fenway is let the, his relievers go out and take some throws and just ask the pitching coach, Kyle Snyder, hey, who we got today? Who feels good enough to go? I would assume everybody will try, but they're depleted. But again, the Red Sox are depleted too. Nick Pavetta probably if the, if the Red Sox win today, it will be because Nick Pavetta gave them four innings of relief yesterday and saved their bullpen. And uh, they, they will, should have some arms lined up to go with after Eduardo Rodriguez, whatever he can give them today. That's why these things are so exciting. 
<clears throat> that's why the shorter the series, the more excited they are. They're, it's tremendous, tremendously exciting. Tremendously. Richie, thank you so much. We'll talk to you uh, probably next week. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Okay, Richard Justice, boys and girls. Wonderful. We'll take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening, You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a Simply Safe ad. Well, let's read it. I haven't seen it. There's big news from our friends at Simply Safe. They've launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. Ooh. That's right. Simply Safe, the system that U.S. News and World Report names best home security system of 2021, just got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and need to help keep you and your family safe. It has an ultra-wide 140-degree field of view, so you can keep watch over your entire yard just in case a deer gets stuck. It has 1,080p HD resolution with an 8x zoom. I'm reading, kids. We thought we had issues when the possum was found in the backyard. A deer. <laughs> nice tease with the deer. <laughs> that means it can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. It has a built-in spotlight with color night vision. I could see getting up at three and just watching this thing. <laughs> so you can keep an eye on what's going on going day and this. night. It's super simple to set up. Usually just takes minutes. And it has an easy-to-remove rechargeable battery. This camera has it all, and it integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together, it means every door, window, and room are protected, and now your property will be, too. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com slash Tony. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and by giving your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's simply S I M P L I, simplysafe.com slash Tony. And use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Kirsten Onstad accompanying herself on the ukulele. Just lovely. It is lovely. Nigel, Bethesda Bagel Ad, it's yours. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. That's just about it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, well, I'm not bragging, babe, so don't put me down, but I got the fastest set of wheels in town. When something comes up to me, don't even try, because if I had a set of wings, man, I know she could fly. She's my little deuce coop. You don't know what I got. This is a period of time when Brian Wilson was writing songs about cars and surfing. He did not surf himself, um, but he understood the lifestyle, living where they lived in Hawthorne, California. And those were the songs he wrote, and they're pretty much all the same and pretty much all brilliant. Mm -hmm. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Richard Justice. Thanks to our sponsors, Simply Safe, FrameBridge, and Policy Genius. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. So we got this email from Kevin Burke, and he is a founder of a new whiskey brand that just hit the markets in a few states out west and via e-commerce. As a long time little, he's Kevin from Chicago. You've read, he says you've read my emails for a number of years. 
I'd love to send some bottles out to Tony, Michael, Nigel, and the rest of the TK show gang. I'm also interested in exploring purchasing a read on the show if our team can afford it. We're welcome to that if you want to do that. And we'll forward all of your stuff. Because I know how loyal your listeners are, as I am one of them. And not only do I think you guys will like our product, I think the loyal littles might enjoy learning about the brand as well and consider a purchase. We will do all the paperwork here. What is interesting about this is the name of the whiskey. Yes. It is Big Nose Kate Whiskey. <laughs> Big Nose Kate Whiskey. And Nigel asked me if I was familiar with that, and I was not. Why don't you say what it was? Big Nose Kate is an actual person in history, uh, was Doc Holliday's girlfriend. Is that right? And, and it's Doc such a. Huckle, Doc Holliday, that Huckleberry has portrayed. <laughs> Help me, you Huckleberry. Yeah, yeah so uh, the fact that they know who this is, uh, it's a very inside uh, history cool. thing. Yeah, it's very cool. Pretty it's cool. a great name. So we'll figure that out. Uh, Dan, in Asheville, North Carolina, I'm determined to get my wife to join the ranks of the Littles and to share my daily dose of Mr. Tony and friends. I previewed for her the level of wisdom, wit, and insight she might enjoy, you and your crew. For three minutes, you pontificated on whose children now play with the Eagles on the road. Then you treated us to this gem of a segue. More to the point, though, something people care about. I walked the dog this morning. <laughs> she turned to me and she said, really? This show stinks. I was thrilled that she totally got it so quickly. Keep up the great work. And he writes, two soft-boiled eggs on sourdough toast. John Buchanan in Annapolis, Maryland. Next time Will Bunn is on, can we finally get some clarification on his feelings for Matt Nagy? He hates Matt Nagy. <laughs> yes, he does. He's worried that Matt Nagy will save his job because of the quarterback. From Bob Boxwell in Lusby, Maryland, probably one of Kevin's weather watchers. Yes. Good God, Tony, a chipmunk or a raccoon, a muskrat? Are you sure it wasn't one of the escaped zebras? Do you understand the concept of relative sizes? A Subaru is smaller than a Hummer. About the same difference between a chipmunk and a raccoon. Maybe you need to borrow some children's books from your son. They have some really good stuff. The cow goes moo. The dog goes rough. We have a haiku. Emerald chessboard. Elegiac symmetry. Mournful interlude. Yeah, baseball's over. Yeah. From Joe Magnew in Bethel or Bethel Park, Pennsylvania. Is it Bethel Park? Bethel. I don't know. Yeah, Hello, Grandpa. Sure. Here's two easy steps to fix both your RV problem and your Fox problem. Step one, capture Fox. Step two, release Fox inside the RV. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> From simple, David Morris in Mooresville, North Carolina. I know I'm asking the wrong guy, but can anyone explain how to watch the PTI 20-year retrospective? Is it available on the ESPN app or Roku? Or do I need to monitor the channel for re-airs? I don't I know. Just I've never monitor seen the it. channel for re-airs. It seems like they, they put it on at like 10 or 11 o'clock. Is, is there a disc that you can get for that? Is there something? For you, I'm sure they can come up with a disc. Yeah, I need a disc. Uh, Blu-ray? From Frederick <laughs> Pokerney. I had to stop in the middle of my after-work bike ride this evening to write you. My eyes welled up as I listened to you lament about the end of the baseball season. I have six siblings, and our lifelong connection to the Chicago Cubs is one of the many bonds that keeps us together. It started when my 41-year-old father took us to Wrigley Field for his birthday in July 1970. It was our first game. It was his last. He died the day after Christmas 1970. I'll never forget sitting next to my brother yelling, it's gone, every time a Cub got a ball airborne. We'd never seen a major league pop-up and assumed all these balls were leaving the park. Recently, you said you thought you would never hear Larry Gura's name again. I hope you can tolerate it one more time. Larry Gura made his major league debut that day, and the Cubs won 11-8 against the Montreal Expos. We saw Billy Williams hit a home run and saw our other favorites, Ernie Banks and Ron Sano. I turned 62 this week, and my brothers and sisters go to half a dozen games a year. I know my dad and mom, a converted White Sox fan, thanks to my dad, smile down on us every day, but their smiles are just a little bigger when we're at Wrigley. Thank you for still talking about baseball. Signed a relatively new little Rick Pacorny. That's very, very, very nice. And from Jolene Wojcik, 
because we always read things from Jolene. We love Jolene. Here is another great example of the connective tissue of the show. Last Saturday, we ventured to Lincoln, Nebraska for the Huskers versus Northwestern football game. That was a beatdown, kids. I walked up to our friend Roger's tailgate area, and a gentleman I did not know flashed a great big smile and said, Lachiserie, then gave me a hug and a slight peck on the cheek. Evidently, before I arrived, they'd been talking about your podcast, and he realized I would be there. He was lovely to chat with the wealth management for some professional athletes, but we spent most of our time visiting about you and the podcast and PTI and sports reporters and on and on. It was delightful. So I'm grateful that you have read some of my emails over the years as it led to this nice encounter. Would you be so gracious as to say hello to my new friend, Matt Hickey? I'm sure he would love it. P.S. If you are seriously thinking of coming to Omaha to play golf, you must venture a few more hours west and come play Riverside Golf Club in Grand Island. Tell Michael we will definitely provide childcare. <laughs> if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, everyone, do wear white. But we don't have the Schaputzfer to do it. Back in the day when we were at that awkward age, we didn't want to stay at home. We wanted to go spend our petty wage. We'd take the bus, ride on through the suburbs, talking of friends and would-be lovers. A day old music, I bought a pick for 25 cents. At 14, we had such little opulence. CD game exchange, I sold my alternative album, but I kind of liked a few and I was disappointed by the meager sum With coins in our pockets Masters of suburbia Folded up schedules Were guides to our insulated world We would ride by 
shaking my hand and joining it on the couch. This is the place I wanna be with the people I wanna see. I got a nothing night ahead of me. Calendar is blank. There's nowhere I gotta go. Might seem boring, but I'm content with taking it slow. What format should it be? Maybe a record or a CD? Oh, won't you share this nothing night with me? We can take the kids for a walk. Sometimes the best way we get to talk. It's a plus if there's gonna be a good game on TV, so please.